Boys out of college. Week six notes. After a hiatus, for reasons we don't really need to get into, even though I kind of already explained them in writing in the group text, but whatever. Neither here nor there. We are back for the attack. T-Bal, Eze, and we got a very special guest this week. Mitchell Karcher, owner of Kid Karch. How we doing? Boys, we're doing good. Thanks for having me on. Long-time listener. Love the, uh, love the pod. You know, as a villain in this league, I thought it'd be important to get on here, speak my mind, kind of uh, say my piece. And one thing I've always said, I've always said this, is behind every villain is a hero who has not told his story. <laughs> so I thought I'd come on here and just kind of speak my mind, clear some things up, and uh, talk to E about our upcoming matchup. Yeah, you know, Mitchell, we are very lucky to have you on. We know you got a lot to say. Um, we're ready. We're we're back. Trent, this I believe so this is the week six, so the sixth time we're filming, but this is technically week seven of the NFL. So are we calling this the week seven notes? Or are we calling this, this can, week six? This can I don't care. This can be week six and a half or episode six and a half, whatever. Oh, this ain't we'll, Lion King. This ain't Lion King. We ain't doing no two yeah. and a half. This direct is, to video is, sequel. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is going direct to DVD. It ain't it ain't hitting theaters. No, uh, week week seven of the NFL. We got a lot of things uh, going here. We're not going to talk about last week. So, David, you lucked out slightly. Well, on hold point. on. Didn't didn't Karch oh, have that, something he wanted to say about David in specific, or no? We'll get Did to I, it when we get to it. Well, okay. Ethan made a comment <laughs> before the podcast. He said David lucked out. I said I would call him anything but lucky. Uh, He's not going to escape anything, so we'll get to the match and get to it, but uh, I'll bite my tongue for now. We'll say that. Good, good. Love that. Um, boys, we're, we're ready to go. Um, I would like to start the podcast today. I feel like I usually have a little tidbit to start. I want to start the podcast today with a trivia question. Are you guys down for a trivia question? Of course. Sports related. What is the only city where all of their major sports teams wear the exact same colors. Pittsburgh. All right. That wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Good for you, Trent. <laughs> that is shit. <laughs> no, in, in defense of like, okay, so the, the, the Wings are playing the Penguins right now. So it's fresh in my brain, you know. It's, oh, yeah. It's right there. Otherwise, maybe yeah. I would have thought, I don't know, dude, Dallas maybe. Yeah, I didn't know. My coworker randomly just came in. He's like, hey, how's it going? good what city and i was just like uh i don't know <laughs> i was like i was like uh because i don't know a lot of teams were red I, but at first i was like detroit because we just had blue and then he's like no the exact same color and i was like i don't yeah. know man get out of my room yeah but, um, you know that's pittsburgh kind of a blowhard thing to do in my opinion but hey do your thing black and yellow yeah. for all three teams it's tough hey. though it is tough my one of my projects in Mr. Geekus's class in high school was oh. to, I had to create a sports franchise and I created an NBA franchise for Pittsburgh. They were the Pittsburgh Pythons, and we were really we stuck with the black and gold. That, that was the color scheme. That's tight. I like that. I so for that I did that same project. I relocated the Phoenix Suns to Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I think I think I called them the Albuquerque Blaze or something like that, but that um, hard. yeah. And then I went to New Mexico. Actually, visited Albuquerque, and then it, I had a terrible experience. New Mexico is the worst state in the in the United States, but <laughs> that's that's all I have to say. No love for the Lobos. No okay, love for the well, Lobos. Let's just get right into it, fellas, because we've got quite the week to cover. 
I alluded to it a little bit in some random drunk text I sent one night, and I was like, hey, Ethan, we got a lot to talk about this week, <laughs> as if anyone gives a fuck. But let's get into it. Um, first matchup of the week, and Ethan, I always like starting with your team, because I feel like we always got some good dialogue going on. Yeah, let's do it. A lot of people thought, or a few people thought, couple weeks ago when we previewed last week that Ethan was in a little bit of trouble here. They thought Robbie was going to get on a hot streak, but nonetheless, lickety split takes down Rick Dalton 109 to 97. So uh, Ethan, I'll just let you take it away on this one. Yeah, this was, I mean, this, there's just nothing really special about this matchup besides Kyron Williams. I think he just really shined um, last Sunday, but like, man, the injury bug, the bye weeks, they really just struck hard this week, and we're going to talk about that more this week as well. Spoiler alert. But, like, yeah, we beat Robbie by 12, but, like, I'm not really sitting here, like, satisfied with that. I got, I had to start Nick Westbrook-Akine. Gabe Davis had $1.60. Like, I'm not, I'm not walking around saying, like, oh, my team is, you know, sick because I beat Rob. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'm a little worried about this Tony Pollard guy. I have watched these Cowboys day in and day out. And this guy, Tony Pollard, cannot find a running hole for the life of him. If he is not, he is at, at, hit at least two times before he reaches one yard past the line of scrimmage. And I'm just sitting this like, aren't these Cowboys offensive lines supposed to be like the best in the league or like top five? Meanwhile, Tony Pollard who's like a top five yards after contact guy, can't freaking find any open field. And I'm just like, dude, like, what the hell? But, you know, I also, I would say, kind of lucked out. Bijan Robinson had an off day. Um, Stafford didn't do that well. Puka Nakua really saved me by not playing well. But, um, yeah, underwhelming victory. Nonetheless, a W is a W, and I'm now ranked fourth in the league. It's a quiet fourth, I'll say. It's a quiet fourth place right now. Cards, what you think? I see, Ethan. Honestly, my first note was don't let Ethan get too carried away by beating Rob by 12 points. You only put up 109. Yeah. I will say your team is looking pretty solid. The Kyron Williams thing is tough. But uh, I think it's honestly even tougher for Rob having Puka Nakula not do that good in Cooper Cup's second game back. It's like what Rob's team is kind of holding on by a thread as it is. And now with Puka Nakula being like, I mean, his number two guy, him and him and Bijan are kind of up there together. It's just uh, – if Rob wasn't panicking before, I think him being one and five and Puka kind of slowing down is enough to hit that button. Yeah, the Vikings tried their damnedest on defense. They did their best purple people eaters impression, but it wasn't enough for Rob. Also, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I could see Jalen Waddle putting the cape on and saving Rob here as the season goes on. Maybe Kadarius Tony gets involved because the Chiefs haven't really found their number one receiver. You know, Kelsey's, of course, the number one guy there, but. They don't have anyone on the outside really making plays. Maybe Tony's that guy. Before we move on, something I noticed that I just thought was kind of funny, since Rob technically still has Aaron Rodgers on his roster, if you would have told me three years ago that the same fantasy team had Rodgers, Matt Stafford, and Deshaun Watson as their quarterbacks, <laughs> I would think you were in a four-person league because literally those are three, like, in 2019, those dogs were all starting and putting up MVP-like numbers, so... Uh, that's great. We'll move on along. This Can one I comment has... on a couple more things? I just want to comment okay. on a couple more things. Just because this is my matchup, I got to yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So, Rob 
a lot of question marks in the air about the team this year. Obviously, you're you're looking at back to back weeks where you're bottom twenty five percent of the league. Um, let let that be known. With the you traded for Puka Nakua. That trade happened. I don't maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. You got to have some instinct in your mind that when Cooper Cup comes back, he's going to be eating a lot of those targets. And I don't know who you gave up. I don't know what the trade. I was trying to find it just now, and I can't really you know, find it exactly, but it, it's just a tough look that this is where you're at right now. And honestly, I can't see Puka Nakua having games like he's had so far this year just because the Cooper Cup effect. You watch the Rams play, and Stafford literally throws it to Cup every other pass. Every other pass. And damn it, I don't blame him because Cooper Cup is amazing. But it's a tough look that you made that trade for Pukunuku. You probably gave up something, a couple good starters. And uh, this is where we're sitting. So that was the first thing I had to say. Amari Cooper? I'm almost positive it was to Gavin. I think it was Amari. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. That's just what yeah, I remember. That, that would make sense, though. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. But thing number two that I want to say is I'm going to dog on myself a little bit this year because, oh, my goodness. And this is, you know, he shoulda, coulda, woulda, he said, she said, whatever. I do this time and time again where I draft an insane team. And then I make deal after deal, move after move. And I'm sitting with just like the what ifs. Can I say something really quick? I drafted Puka Nakua, and I dropped him before week one. I drafted him. <laughs> and remember, I also had, at one point, DJ Moore and Isaiah Pacheco. And Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen. My <laughs> starting lineup would have been Pollard, Kyron Williams, and Pacheco at the flex. And then I would have had Thielen, Puka, uh, Gabe Davis and DJ Moore. I would have had to bench one of those guys. I I drafted a cracked team and I gave them all away like an idiot. And this happens every year. And I think I guys, I just this was a moment where I had to wake up a little bit. This is your man in the mirror moment, E. Moving this forward, is- I need to chill out. I need to chill out with the deals. I need to give it some time. And sorry about that, guys, but I just had to go on a little rant. That boy either need to calm the hell down. <laughs> luckily, we're luckily we're still in fourth place. I don't know how we do it, but here we are. We've had to work our way out of a little bit of a hole. All right, uh, next matchup. This was a snoot. If you could put like 2003 NBA basketball put in a blender with like <laughs> 1960s NFL football combined with like the 1920 World Series, you would get. Hide Mr. Moon against Still in College. Still in College taking a narrow L. Hide Mr. Moon moves to 3-3 three and three despite scoring, forget less than 100, less than 90 at yes. only 86.5 points. Justin Fields puts up a sixth spot. And, I mean, other than that, man, Travis Kelsey saves the day for Moon. But this was a disaster class. I do want to give Jack some credit. I'll save a little bit of that for later. Maybe a little bit of a tease. Uh, but Cartwell first, this one, what are your thoughts? Listen, I know I said I was going to rip into David, but I do have to comment on Jack's quarterback situation because <laughs> before Jack sent that text that said that there's only three quarterbacks or whatever, and he started Tyrod Taylor this week, I was looking at his teams like, dude, if you draft Justin Fields, you know, there's a high possibility that that dude is going to get hurt or suck. 
Like you had to have had a backup options and you just Good point. And now, I mean, he's starting Tyrod. I mean, this team, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into it. I do want to talk about David trending downward, falling off the bandwagon in the hottest fashion. I mean, you guys had him in your throne room damn, damn near every single week. And I was always looking at him like, yeah, he's pretty good. He's all right. Like he's putting up. A I lot mean, on paper, teams. he's got a good team on paper. It's it's okay on paper, especially maybe hindsight's twenty twenty. But after scoring fifty then eighty, I mean, yeah, that's a tough two weeks. That's a tough. I lost the last two weeks, but like I didn't score below a hundred in that fashion both weeks. I mean, that is just insane. Yeah, I would have to agree, Mitchell. Maybe David's team is just okay. I'll tell you what, though. Justin Jefferson being out ain't scaring anybody. I'll tell you that much. So the fact that he's already, you know, scored 50 last week, kick him while he's down, I guess. Get Justin Jefferson out of there, too. Talk about hoarding quarterbacks. Dude's got the whole uh, 2020 quarterback draft class or 21 on his bench there. Mac Jones and Zach Wilson um, and Herbert. But, yeah, Jack, I got to agree with Mitchell in the sense that Fields, you know, being – a Chicago bear who has no offensive line. You got to be a little worried going into the season that he might get hurt, but also Kyler Murray returned to practice this week. Teaser, teaser. Maybe he'll be back in the next two weeks. I don't know. Something to monitor for sure. T-Bow, what do you think? Well, I'll defend Jack on the Justin Fields thing because people were saying right, wrong, and different. I thought it was erroneous. People were saying that Justin Fields was like a dark horse MVP candidate, stuff like that. So there was hype. Like, he definitely did have that projection going into the year that he could be like a top 10 fantasy quarterback kind of guy. And I'd have to look back to see where Jack took him. I have to imagine it was all – I know it was after Mahomes went, after Hurts went, after Josh Allen went, Lamar. So it's not like – I think this is more of a situation of the Bears just suck ass and they've kind of like left play, left owners like Jack out to dry because, like you said, Ethan, the Bears line can't do anything – the Bears in general can't do anything. Their weapons blow, except for DJ Moore if he's playing Washington. And now you, you, Justin Fields is in the situation he's in. So I'll give, give Jack a little bit of a break. As you mentioned, he also picked up Kyler thinking, you know, I can, I, I'll have options once he returns. So, you know. Dude, Justin Fields, Justin Fields is like the Colorado of the NFL, like Colorado football team, like – when they're good, everyone's like, oh, shit, Justin Fields is back. This team's sick. You know, Justin Fields is future Hall of Famer, some bullshit like that. But, yeah. like, when he has a bad game, they're like, oh, you know, they're just – he's just Justin Fields. You know, he's on the Bears. He's just not that good. You know, Colorado loses to Stanford, and everyone's like, oh, you know, they're just – they don't yeah. have a good well, roster. Just, but when they're good, selective. they're like, oh, sick. they're so sick. And it's like, pick a side, man. Like, Yeah, it's all – you can't have it both ways. People are always talking out the – Two sides of their mouth when it comes to these Ohio State quarterbacks. But CJ Stroud. Shout out CJ Stroud. More on that later. Anything else you guys got on this one? Battle of which piece of poop smells better. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Uh, clash of two childhood best friends, and a member of this panel has some things to say about this matchup, I am sure. Kid Karch, Sparty Squad, Devin. Gets the edge on Mitch by a little over 20 points, or I don't know if my math my math was not right on that. Never mind. Not important. Josh Close. Dobbs against Kirk Cousins. Yuck. Um, <laughs> Mitch, I'll toss this one to you first. What what did you see here? Take us through the, the thought process and what happened. Well, this is the second time this year that my team has scored below 100 points. Absolutely unacceptable. 
for some reason, this is the sixth week in a row that I've started Damian Pierce. Will not start him the rest of the year. He's absolute dog. And uh, honestly, Devin's team, I was telling Brad and Robbie at the beginning of the year, they can be my witness. I was actually pretty hyped on Devin's team going into this year. Like his running backs are really solid and he's got Jamar Chase. Dotson's a bust, but I mean, I don't really know what else to say. He beat me 113.95. It was 18 points, by the way, Trent. And uh good. Thank you for yeah, that. Yes. Just just a bad, just a bad loss by me. Don't want to make too many excuses. You never like starting someone like Josh Dobbs. And uh yeah, we're moving on to next week because uh this performance will not happen again, especially with Jamie and Pierce being out of the lineup. But props to Devin. He's assembled a pretty decent team, I think. And uh, we'll move on. We'll move forward. Um, I got a comment on – yeah, Mitch, I think, yeah, you can't you can't look down after a week like that. I think, you know, you're usually not a below 100 scorer. So took an off week with Josh Dobbs being in there, no surprise. Um, Devin's running backs are starting to find their footing a little bit, which is kind of scary given the fact that he also has a wide receiver capable of putting up 250 yards and three touchdowns. Um, if ETN and Brees Hall continue to ball out, I mean, we were dogging on Devin in the beginning of the year, man. We were saying his team was like bottom, bottom four. And now oh, it's hang like, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I had him in the throne room the first week. Second week was when I was when he looked terrible. So it's kind of been either feast or famine for the Sparty squad. But yeah. this week was more of a feast. And even like you said, the way these running backs are trending, we might be seeing more of a feast from uh, Kirk, Devin. Kirk Cousins ain't going to do it, though, especially when Jay Jet's not in. What if he gets traded? Oh, we talk, are, we, are, we bringing, are we bringing the Jets up? Are we bringing up Robert Sala over there in New York? They're saying the Jets. They're saying uh, who's the other team that is is in need Tampa? of Tampa. Uh, maybe I don't know. They're still they're still in first place in their division though, so I doubt it. We'll yeah. see. Not important. My point is just that there's some Kirk Cousins trade talk. The Jets are the number one team people are mentioning in the in those conversations. The Giants maybe. I don't know. Not not super important. Ooh. But you got any anyone else got any more thoughts on this one? No. I will say if uh, the Saints offense picks it up a little bit, Michael Thomas is also someone to look out for. For sure. But Devin's team, it's a, it's a little unpredictable, but I hold him in decently high regard. So that's a that's a good way to put Devin. it. Very unpredictable. Volatile. Yes. Can't guard Mike. All right. Uh we'll move on to another fan favorite. This one had some sparks flying. And Clarky Boy continues the skid. Uh Filipinos takes him down 125 to 113. Uh Jared Goff. Herculean effort, just not quite enough. No one else on the team outside of Jacoby Myers really showing up for you. And Philly, just another another ridiculously solid week from that Tua Tyreek stack. And uh, just very overall solid from Philly. E, what'd you see here? Um, like you said, I saw Clarky Boy put up a disappointing performance. And you know, that's it's no it's no shocker that that's the case. But Eckler's first game back plays a really tough defense and a, a bad look when your, your best player puts up below 10, speaking on uh, personal experience with Tony Pollard. Debo Samuel going down, that was tough. That was also a tough look. Pittman had a pretty good game, Trent. Um, you didn't speak on that. Pittman did okay. Um, but, man, T. Higgins continues to disappoint. He had one week, and it's like, dude can't dude can't even catch a cold now. Like, it's, it's, it's a tough look for Clarky's camp right now. Goff, like you said, doing everything he can, but 
tip tip the cap to Philly right now. Like he's got the guys, he's got the pieces. His his ranking does not say how good of a team he is, in my opinion. He he shouldn't be where he's at right now. But all he can do is play every every Sunday. So that's what he does. Cards, you got thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, listen, Clarky Boy's been sliding downhill since week three. And him, I think it was week four when he called it Thursday night football. It did not uh, help his cause. He that got Edward back, but uh, <laughs> I am so not concerned with Clarky Boy. I mean, I just could not be less concerned with this lack of a threat in this kid's team. Um, Filipinos, I am a little concerned with his team. I mean, you mentioned every week with his two of Tyreek's one-two punch. If you're going to have that quarterback, wide receiver duo, I mean, that's the – that's the one to have. So it's going to continue to rip the rest of the league or the rest of the year. And uh, he's going to have some duds in there every once in a while. But I think overall, he's a pretty threatening team. Whoever gets to play Philly on the Dolphins bye week, that's like playing Trent in the Lions bye week. It's just going to be like, it's almost an automatic win. You know, whoever, but we'll <laughs> see. I don't know. Cause Philly's he's got, got Dak, some- man. Dak's not that bad. That's correct, and he's also got Aaron Jones on his bench. He's got Romeo Dobbs, and the, you know, although the Packers, those are two good Packers fantasy guys. It. Even though the Packers ain't it at all, and you don't have to tell me twice. Um, anyone else want to round this one out? Nothing. Moving on. No, sir. All right. Moving on. Let's move on. Um, big one, probably the biggest headline from this week: Flying Dutchman takes down Trevolution by just a little under two points. Squeaker. Um, Dutchman right back on track. Trevolution get catches his first L. Oddly, Joe Burrow came close to reaching his projection, which hasn't really happened a lot for Trev this season, but it hasn't mattered a ton. The big thing I noticed was the Cowboys defense was not Herculean. And therefore, Trev maybe may, I don't know. Like I've been I've been big on Trevor's team. I still think he's probably the best team in this league, all things considered. But I mean Top to bottom, I think Trev kind of goes as the Cowboys defense goes. So you got to give credit to Nate here, and I'll I'll toss it to uh, Mitch first on this one. What are your thoughts on the Dutchman taking down Trev and handing them that first L? Dude, you know what? I've been thinking a lot about this this year, actually. Like, so many teams replicate someone in the NFL, and Trevor's team is replicating the Philadelphia Eagles perfectly right now. Like, record and everything. They're the good team. You know they're good, but it's like you watch them, and you're like, are they that good, actually, though? They just seem a little fluky and like they're not going to like, I don't know. Like what you say with the Cowboys defense, like he finds a way to win all the time and like a change on the IR. And like, that was a moment for like two weeks, but he just replicates the Eagle Eagles all year. And uh, I don't think the Eagles are winning it. I don't think Trevolution's winning it. Sorry, buddy. I know I'm going to have to hear from you on this one, but that's my piece. Some people might, some people might be saying that Trevor's peaking at the wrong time. I, I don't know. That's that might be out there. How much do you guys think uh, Trevor's beating himself up for for starting Burrow over Howell, and Howell could have gotten him the win? How much do you guys think? That is a, that's a very tough thing to deal with. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that's like a really hard thing. That's loose sleep worthy, right there. It indeed is. But hey, Another something thing- interesting to watch for Nate Dog too. Bryce Young kind of picking it up now, so we'll see. I mean, with with Lawrence and the 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 oh, Jags kind of. I mean, the, the the Jags have become a run-centric team, and Lawrence looks like more of a game manager than he was last year. Could Bryce Young end up being the the, the quarterback going for? Of course, the Panthers aren't going to win any games or anything, but 
fantasy wise when you're always playing from behind when you're always playing from behind you literally just throw the entire time and you you throw you throw to adam thielen the whole time man might i add (laughs) but um yeah a chain out that hurt him trevor's defense the cowboys didn't bail him out this time they got that pick in the last drive of the game really was a four-point game you know you ask yourself justin herbert on any other given day might he have driven down and scored maybe that's neither here nor there trevor this week, I believe it was today, actually, sailing the ship on Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is out of Trevolution, and I believe it was a trade with Nate for Drake London and Cortland Sutton. So Nate acquires Garrett Wilson and gives London and Sutton to Trevor. That might help Trevor's depth at wide receiver. I think he kind of needed that. He's got guys that put up numbers, but he desperately needs a flex. He desperately needs a flex. So, I like that from Trevor a lot. I do. I, I thought it was a good deal overall. You give Nate another starter, um, but now Nate has less depth. It goes both ways. I think it was a pretty even trade. But, Nate, good win. You took down the head honcho. But, Mitchell, I thought that was a really good comp saying how Trevor's like the Philadelphia Eagles. I listened to another podcast where the, the guy's like a massive Eagles fan, and all he talks about is like, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on these guys. Like – and Trevor, you're, yeah, you're right. Trevor might be that team where it's like, yeah, I, he's good, but I'm not like sold. I know that he's, you know, he's got the pieces, but they just, I don't know. I, I like the comp though, Mitch. That was good. Appreciate that, E. Thought All about right. that for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, a, a theme here is that we've entered bye week season. We're in the thick of it now. And, and guys are missing star players every single week, missing a quarterback here and there every single week. Like things are really starting to heat up. And now to we're in the trenches. Point, this is where you you start to see who the best managers are because it's all about making shrewd moves and setting yourself up for success. So with uh, speaking of success, let's move to Detroit Rock City with another 60-point win over Bass Pro, uh, 154-94. Mahomes, eh, got back on track. I still think he's got so much left to be desired. We'll see. But the big one for, for Trent's team here is that Raheem Mostert is back in the saddle as the as the uh, bell cow back with a chain hitting IR. So that's obviously a great thing. The ugly side of that, and this this also involves Mitch here, is David Montgomery's heading for, I think he's going to miss a few games here, and Jameer Gibbs is going to slide in and get those carries for the Lions. So that could hurt Detroit Rock City, but ultimately just another solid effort from top to bottom. Uh, got a little lucky catching Brock Purdy on his worst game of the season, but hey, you know. We play who did you, we play. Did you really get lucky, though? Was Brock Purdy going to beat 150? Probably not, but it gave our guys a little confidence. How's that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Trent, you're you're currently a force to be reckoned with, but nobody really wants to reckon you at all. So just a powerhouse of an organization. You just got guys that put up – three guys that put up 25, it seems like, every single week consistently. And the the, the rock gets passed around, might I add. It's not the same guys every week. Um, it's, it, most of the time it is Raheem Mostert, which absolutely just blows my mind to this day that that guy is putting up this amount of points. Um, James Conner on the IR, which is a scary sight when you put up 154, but it is what it is. Um, I got to see Kyle this week. I got to see Kyle this week in person. That's in right. Ca- in Cassville, Missouri. There's a Jeopardy. There's a Jeopardy location for you. Cassville, Missouri on a hike total random experience me and my girlfriend we were staying in this airbnb six hours south of omaha kyle was in springfield and i texted him and he was like oh my gosh i'm going to Cassville like right now you trying to go on a hike i was like sure 
Kyle is, believe it or not, Kyle's a very devoted manager. We were talking a lot of fantasy. He loves the pod. Shout out Kyle. Shout out Kyle's girlfriend, Marissa. Um, and good, good people over there. Kyle was talking about how he really wanted to beat Trent. Um, put his name out there. Get get back on the right track. But uh, you know, Kyle, we talked about Adam Thielen. He did his thing, but overall, you just just not enough. Not enough juice in the tank for the powerhouse of Detroit Rock City. So. Sorry to hear that little, little, little uh, anecdote in there. But Mitchell, what about you? Listen, if Trevor is the Eagles, Trent, you are the Niners. I will give you that 100%. You are that I'll team right now in the league, dude. You are so deep. And like what Ethan said, anyone can go off. It's like you can Debo on that team. Like you put anyone on in that system, they're just going to go nuts. So props to you on your team. Kyle might finish in last place this year. And that's sussy because we – listen – I made a promise to Brad Sanders before this podcast that I would wait as long as I physically could before I brought up the Mar Hamlin championship. And I got to bring it up right now because Kyle's wearing a little bit of a bubble ring right now. If you remember what happened last year, he got bailed out in the final game. We all know this. We all know this. And now, and now he might finish in last place in this league. I mean, he's one in five and his team is not trending upwards. So it's just a little skirmish on the legacy. You know, obviously that's – I feel like that really made my villain arc pop was that whole situation last year, and uh, I'm with it. Kyle's Kyle's my rival at this point. The rival we read, like, mm. Kyle's my number one enemy. Kyle, that's what I, that's what I heard it about. here. <laughs> that's what I think about. Uh, okay, yeah. well, as – as Ethan said, uh, Kyle, shout out to you. Shout out to Marissa. Uh, I wish I could have seen you in Missouri. Where was it again, E? Throw it out there. Name Cassville, Missouri. Cassville, Missouri. But, hey, maybe I'll see you back home sometime soon. I don't know. The holidays, I don't know. Busy guys, but whatever. We'll make it happen. Kyle, we miss you. And, uh, by the way, I, I never doubted that you are a devoted manager. I just, you know, I you got to line them up, and I, I had to take you down this week. It is what it is. Whatever. Um, let's move on. A couple more to do. Uh, make Delmar great again with his second L of the season to the feeling that is suddenly very much in the picture. Gavin Petty, and look, to our credit, me and Ethan, we were ragging on Gavin early in this season, but we also kept saying he's going to get the caveat. back. He's going to get Jonathan Taylor back. And Gavin is someone who is he's been here since the inception of this league, and he knows how to win in this league. So credit to Gav, uh, Spencer. Just kind of an unlucky week. Although did was uh, was this Johnson character for the Bears? Was he inactive or no? Uh, he he, he was he was he inactive. Was. He was inactive, and he, was, he inactive. was in Spencer's starting lineup. And that's been a little bit of a theme for this season, unfortunately. Also, though, I'll throw this out there. Spence, George Kittle has completely hung you out to dry this year. I mean, he is currently – I mean, I, well, he's boomer bust, but, like, you can't be putting up less than one point when everyone consistently says you're the best or second-best tight end in the league. So, I don't know. Impressive win for Gavin. I just think Gavin's arrived. I think Spence will be just fine. But um, Gavin is now on the uptick, which is a scary sight to see. So, um yeah, obviously this is an upset. I don't know if many people saw this coming. I think the true fantasy lovers look at Gavin's team and they're like, maybe maybe there was an upset there. Um, Y'all know me. You, you guys know I'm a numbers guy. I love looking at looking at things here. Trent, speaking on George Kittle specifically, as, as fantasy goes from year and year again, targets tell tales, right? Targets tell stories. 
And the story is George Kittle has been targeted over five times, only twice this entire year. Week one and then week three. So he ain't getting the ball thrown his way much because on the other end, Spencer also has white Jesus, Christian McCaffrey over there doing his thing. Now, another number stat. I got some ins- my insider uh, data diggers of this league hit me up and they said, uh, you ever, you ever think about the feeling? The feeling is four weeks in a row now scoring between 120 and 130 points. The feeling is definitely on the come up. And Mitchell's been talking a lot about teams that are trending downwards. Dare I say the hometown, the podcast favorite, Spencer Woodruff, is on the downhill right now. Might I say, I don't know. I don't know. You might call me crazy. Mitchell, do you care to comment on that? Dude, I literally had that. I said in my notes, Gavin is officially scary. Spencer is officially not. Ooh. That's just what I Ooh. listen. And that might be hot. That might, I, I I'm kind of coming after everyone. I'm not going to have any friends left after this podcast. Spencer's got a good team. But, <laughs> but Gavin, Gavin ain't finishing last this year, dude. And Gavin's actually going to make an insane run. Market. I mean, that kid's team is nuts. And everyone knew the risk involved with Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. We all knew the risk. We all didn't want to take it. Gavin took it, and it's paying off now, and honestly, good for him. And he you picked up it. a win in there, too. So that was huge, Yeah, which I believe might have been against me. But <laughs> he picked yeah. up a win without those guys, which was massive for those guys coming back because now they had the pieces. My take on Gavin's team is that I would – if I Mitchell's great at these analogies so far, so I'll offer one of my own. I feel like – Gavin, when when you look at quarterbacks in this league, there's that first tier of the obvious ones. It's Mahomes, it's Lamar, it's Burrow, it's Allen. And then once you get to about seven or eight, I think Jared Goff is the king of like that second tier where it's like Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I I think Gavin is, I mean, in this league, you got Detroit Rock City, Trevolution at the top. You know, you could throw some of the four and two squads in there, but Gavin the way he's trending right now and sitting at 500 looks like the king of that second tier. At least if you're reading the tea leaves and you're going with the trends. But um, Ev, it's great to see because you took a lot of heat from a lot of people that are somewhat you know, looking a little sheepish now at this point. Anyone else got any final thoughts on this one? Just speaking on the second tier teams, two teams who are just – their ranking does not show their skill is uh, Philly. Philly, Philly as well. 10th and 11th those guys are scary teams like Mitchell was saying and there's a couple teams ahead of them that aren't really as scary I would say Philly also dropped 180 in a loss so you know that's 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 tough you know (laughs) any team that can put up 180 is a a force Philly should be four and two absolutely um okay let's wrap this thing up week six before we go into the week seven predictions Chips Fever picking up his first win of the season taking down the Ligers who fall to three and three still uh, still very much alive as Brad, but Chris, not dead yet. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts here? Um, I can go first. Uh, so I don't, man. So staying on the analogy train, I don't know what it is about Brad, Brad's fantasy team. And, you know, Brad, huge fan of the pod. Shout out, Brad. We love you. Brad's team is like the, the saints to me where you just don't pay attention to them. You just like, I don't know, like his games don't really like, they don't interest me at all. And like, I just don't see anything worth watching 
in Brad's matchups. Like, and it's like every week he's like the one at like the end of the scrolling. And I'm just like, I don't even like, Oh, like he got upset by Chris. Good win, Chris. But like at the same time, Brad, like, I'm just like, nothing is sticking out to me besides AJ Brown being like an absolute beast, by the way. I'm just like, it just doesn't like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe. I don't know. To, to me, he's like that team that you just don't pay attention to. They win sometimes, they don't win, but you don't really know what's going on. He's like the scoop of vanilla ice cream at a Halloween party in sixth grade, and he puts no toppings on it and just goes to his desk. <laughs> eats, the, eats the vanilla ice cream by itself. No razzle-dazzle, but no somewhat razzle -dazzle. is always always kind of in the mix, though. I'll throw that yeah. in there. Always in the mix at the sixth grade parties, for sure. <laughs> Listen, I got a question kind of going off this for the playoffs. It's top two from each division, right? Is that how it's working? No, remember, we switched that this year. So it's top one from each division, and then I believe it's four wild cards from each for, from each okay. conference. Okay. Right? That makes sense. That, that adds up. All right, got you. Because I was going to make a comment about the South, Trent, your division. Probably when, uh, the best. Which, so yeah, if it, yeah, if it ended right now, Trevor would get the division, but Trent would get immediately get that wild card spot. Right, okay. I Yeah, I must have missed that. I was thinking it was top two, and I was like, man, I don't know if there's any way for Brad to sneak into the playoffs with that. Yeah. But so, no, it's actually four total wild cards, not okay. four from yeah, each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's four one from total. each. So there's eight teams that make the playoffs. Essentially, right. a whole division could make the playoffs. Right. Ooh. Okay. Damn. Maybe that division Ooh. would be that would be, that would be fun. Who knows? I'll tell you who ain't doing that, and that's the West Division. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No chance. A little Jay Throne. My last thoughts on this, Brad, I'll give you some credit because I've been following this quarterback narrative all year between Geno and Russ. I think that's one of the hardest uh, guys to – like hardest quarterback situations in this league to make the right pick every week, but you definitely made the right one this week. So credit to you, Brad. Stay hot. Get back in the win column this upcoming week. And with that, we'll move into week seven and we'll go right into Brad's matchup, which is the Ligers taking on make Delmar great again. Two guys who were on the podcast two weeks ago. Uh, I have a feeling there's going to be some dialogue behind closed doors about this one. There'll be some back and forth as this one takes off. But uh, E, who you got here? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's a good question, man. I, I really am, a, you know, we're, we're all Lions fans here. We're rooting for a Lions just total shutdown of the Baltimore Ravens this week. So my heart is telling me, you know, Lamar don't score a lot of points and Brad might sneak out, sneak it out. But we also just dogged on Spencer a lot about him being a downtrending team. I would not be surprised if Brad won handily here. And by handily, I mean 15-plus. But um, if Christian McCaffrey is, you know, questionable, maybe he gets less less work up at the line of scrimmage. I just And I just don't see anybody making up for that. So I, I, I'm i going to take Brad here. Maybe shoot me in the foot, man. Shoot me in the foot. I'm going to take Brad here. Is it going to be an interesting matchup? I'm still saying no. But I'm going to take Brad here to get the win. I don't want to shoot you in the foot, Ethan. That's mean. But Karch, what's your what are your thoughts here on this one? I'm not shooting you in the foot either, either Ethan. I think it's Brad. I think it's Brad all the way because Devonta didn't practice. Smith didn't practice this Wednesday, and uh, like he is trending down. I don't think McCaffrey's going to play. He might, but I don't know. I just actually like Brad's team a lot. I love Ayuk. I love Brown, and I think Kenneth Walker's the man. That's a good one, two, three for the him. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that. It looks like Spencer's pretty banged up, and if he's trending like he's mm-hmm. been trending, he's going down. Christian we'll Kirk, Kirk is so hit or miss, too. Yeah. He's got a lot of mouths to feed over there in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with Marvin Jones gone now. It's a shame. But I will I will throw this in there. I'm going to take Spence. I think this is going to be a slugfest. I think it's going to – I mean, it's only – it's right now it's projected to be within a two-point final, which, you know, these projections are always just whatever. You just – Take them with yeah. a grain of salt. But like you said, E, the Detroit Lions, as we now have a fairly good sample size, had no problem with the mobile quarterbacks they played. I mean, Geno played the best out of the three. Mahomes, Geno, and Ritter, I would say, are probably the three most mobile quarterbacks you've played. So I think the Lions are going to hold the Ravens in check. I don't think the Ravens are going to score a lot of points. By the way, I think that game's going to go under. I think the over-under is like 42 or something like that. I think the Lions are going to win. Oh, like- yeah. 13 to 10. It's going to be an ugly one. But also, E, I'll throw this in there, not to get too long. If targets tell tales and Christian McCaffrey is limited, Brock Purdy's going to be slinging that thing to George Kittle. So I think this might be the game that George Kittle kind of the damn breaks for him a little bit and Spence rides him to victory. But that game is on a Monday. So we might be sweating it out on Monday night if this one's close. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on. The feeling takes on the Flying Dutchman. Uh, if Gavin wins, these two squads will have. The same record, which I did not have my bingo, not have on Whoa. my bingo card at the start of the Good season. Take. It would also be two losses in a row for the Dutchman after Nate started talking all that shit. Nate, I know I backed up and I've given Nate kind of a break because he has. No, shut Nate me up. won last week. Nate won last week. No, that's right. That's right. He lost two weeks ago, and we didn't get to talk oh. about it. That's that's what. Oh I'm, yeah, yeah. Two of the I'm last getting, three weeks. I'm getting it mixed up, but hey, I I I do think Nate's going to pull it out this week. Um, I just. I don't know. For no other reason than I just think he's got I, – I just like Pacheco. I like Godwin. DJ Moore is coming off a great week. Like there's there's a lot of um, a lot of reason for optimism with Dutchman. But this is another one that I honestly think has a ton of intrigue. But, Ethan, who you got? Yeah, Trent, I'm honestly going to have to disagree with you slightly here because I think I think Pacheco plays that – I think that Chargers run defense is tough. I think that Chargers run defense is tough, and I think they're not going to have to worry about the pass as much. And obviously, you're playing Mahomes, but like their receivers are dog on Kansas City. Like, just they're, they're, it's, it's clear that Kansas City is not the same team. And then um, Trevor Lawrence is playing a stout New Orleans. I use that word stout, I feel like a lot, but New Orleans is a good hey, that's defense. Word. That's the New word Orleans, to describe it. Yeah, they're good defense. They're stingy. That's a better word there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I like Kenny Pickett against the Rams. I think Jonathan Taylor has yet to break loose a little bit. And I think we could see that against Cleveland. Um, Cup's going to get, you know, 20,000 targets. But um, I think I think Gavin wins this one, man. I do. I, I don't think – I think this is going to be a low-scoring matchup. I think it's going to break 100, but I don't think it breaks 110. You know what? Before we, before we throw a touch, this is – Every week, there's one matchup that I have zero feel for. Admittedly, I have zero feel for this game. I have no idea. Because, Ethan, I kind of agree with you. I think it could be a little a little snoozy, a little sleepy, one that you're not really paying attention to, and then all of a sudden, bam, like someone takes off and wins this thing I by 30. Who is, knows? Yeah, I think this is Gavin's time to kind of really show that he's the real deal. Because, like, you took down Spencer, yeah, but can you do it twice? If you can do it twice, you kind of put your name up there with the, with the rest of them. So I think Gavin's really prepping the guys this week. I think practice has been real good. I think the guys are getting ready, and um, I think they're going to come out prepared. 
Mitchell, any thoughts to add on this one? Yeah, as much as I'd love to ride with a fellow villain and Nate, like I'm high on Gavin right now. I got to stick to my narrative. I think Gavin's really good. And I actually think Gavin's going to put up a lot of points because Jonathan Taylor hasn't had that breakthrough game yet since he's been back. It's only been, what, two weeks now. But I think it's – I think Gavin's got this in the bag, honestly. And I do okay, think they're so going to put a lot of points. The but. king of the Flying Dutchman hate club is the only team on – the only guy on the panel picking the Dutchman. Is that what I'm hearing? I think you're just trying to recoup for your losses, though, Trey. You're, you're just trying to make call, it up, just trying to, make it up to me. I call it how I see it. Ain't no, ain't no agendas around here. It is you, what it is. You All do right. not call it how you see it, man. You always say you're going to lose every week in fantasy, I swear. I pick myself every time except once. And, and then oh, and, and I no, I was incorrect that time. I don't know. Either way, we'll go into we'll, – <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into mine in a little bit. But uh, Obviously, I do kind of also want to root against Nate just because he has like half the team that I drafted. So. Well, who doesn't want to root against Nate? I would love yeah. to root it. I wish Nate – was golfing in the skirt every year. Oh, but you listen, Nate is not doing that. I'm telling you right now, if Nate were to ever lose, he would not do the punishment. And I'm <laughs> going to go on record saying that. And Nate, I mean that in like the most serious way possible. He's kind of a sore loser sometimes, and I don't think Nate would would do the punishment. Okay. Well, maybe maybe if we all manifest Nate finishing in last, we can see if you're correct or not. But let's move to another he matchup. He just won't though. Yeah, he won't, but this matchup's going to have a lot of juice for a couple of reasons. At took first loss uh, last week, and he's got to get back on track against Kyle. But with some of these bye weeks and what's happening, and Kyle took his first win. So we're, we're, we're looking at a really interesting matchup here. If Trev loses two in a row after that hot 5-0 start, it could be trouble in paradise. Mitch, what do you see in this one? Uh, I see Trevor winning. I was pretty hard on both these guys earlier, but uh... – as much as I do love Kyle Kukla, he is my nemesis. And uh, I got the Eagles in this one. I think they're flying high. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly. Um, this is a weird matchup, honestly. Trevor's missing Burrow. He's missing uh, the Cowboys' defense, which has kind of saved him a lot this past you know, couple weeks. But I, I, as much as I hope Kyle wins this, just for the culture, I hope Kyle wins for the culture – but um, yeah, I just I don't see a team like Trevor losing, dropping this one. But as much as I wish Kyle would win, Trevor's Trevor's gonna take this one to the bank. I am also gonna pick Trevor. I know I've I, I've been I picked Trevor every week except for the week that he lost. I picked him to win, so that really doesn't add up there. But whatever. I just think Trev gets back on track. Like I said, I still think he's the best team in this league, and I say that with all due respect because I am right in that conversation as well. But we don't have to talk about that right now. Let's move on. Clarky boy takes on the Sparty squad. This is another one that's really – I mean, it's got potential to move the needle for both these teams because Clarky can get one step closer to 500. And Devin – I mean, Devin could continue that uptick that Mitchell was talking about. We've got Kirk Cousins against Jared Goff and all NFC North matchup. Devin doesn't really have his lineup set yet as we record on a Wednesday night, so it's kind of hard to get a feel for what the who he's actually going to be playing. But I like Devin here. Um, I'm not going to elaborate too much. What, I, Trent? Why do you you like Clarky to win? Trent, Devin is missing Jamar Chase and Brees Hall. Those are like his two best players. <laughs> okay, what has Clark? Got... What has what has Clarky done to show? Whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's just my opinion. You... <laughs> Look, this is why we do it. This is why we do it, so we can argue. 
This is why we do it, so we can argue, but I just think there's no way Clarky loses this. And Trent, next week, I give you full permission to just dog me as if Devin wins this. But this guy, Brees Hall and Jamar Chase have been his lifelines. And sure, you can argue that ETN is also in the mix there. He might be, but he's playing New Orleans, who I just talked up a lot. And okay. Clarky, Clarky's missing Higgins, who's done nothing. And he's got the rest of his team. I just okay, but 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 I do th- I don't think Jared Goff's having a great week because I think the Lions are going to run the ball a lot, not score that many points. Okay. Austin Eckler didn't do anything for you last week. Who knows if he gets back on track? Debo Samuel's yeah, but- very limited. So some of these, you know, you got to look at Josh Reynolds projected eight and a half points. Is Josh Reynolds scored eight and a half? You tell me. I don't know. I watch every Lions game. He's had one good game this year. So Goal line target. We'll see. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I just I. Yeah. That's a good point you bring up about who's available and who's not. I just, I don't know. I believe, I believe in them. You're going to sit here and tell me Jahan Dotson, Darren Waller, Cam Akers are going to outplay. I'd be surprised. I would be pleasantly surprised. ETN just had a monster game. Mike Thomas just had a monster game. I don't know. Cards. Who's Kirk Cousins playing? Who's Kirk Cousins playing? The best defense in the NFL. I think think the quarterback matchup this week is going to be a wash. I'll say that. I could I could see it. I can get behind that. I hate how much I'm agreeing with Ethan on this podcast, but I, I think it's Clarky Boy. As much as it pains me to say that. You literally just with Brees Hall and Jamar Chase out. And honestly, Clarky Boy just got the matchups on defense this week. Like Eckler, I mean he's playing Kansas City, but Javante Williams is gonna probably gonna have a pretty good game against Green Bay. Like he actually looked really good for the first time last week. And I've been watching them intently because I got Jaleel. And then I mean he just got decent receivers with decent matchups this week. I just – if Clarkie loses this week, he's officially done. He's garbage. He has to win this week. This is an all-time statement game because if he loses the Sparty squad with those two out, I mean, it's just over for him. I, I just think I just think Clarkie talking shit on Thursday night football a couple weeks ago was the point of demarcation for his season. I just don't – I don't know. <laughs> I'm with that. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But, I again – I think Eckler blows up this week, man. I just – I just – the the – the past like five times that honestly like past like seven times that the Chiefs have played the Chargers, it's been like over fifty points scored in the entire game. Like I just I just see it being kind of a shootout. I could see Eckler getting two touchdowns. I think Eckler's gonna stamp his spot back into back into the talk. Okay. All right. Well, I think that ETN and Mike Thomas are gonna help Devin out in a rough week. And if Devin gets a win here and keeps this uptick going. All, we got to start having a different conversation about Sparty Squad than in we recent do. weeks. That's all I got to say. Do. Okay. Moving on. Still in college, taking on Rick Dalton. Uh, the logo has yet to be updated. I'm excited to see what that looks like for, for Still in College for this week. Uh, the photo of Rob that he goes with. But, Ethan, you first. I'm excited to see that logo change because I know that those are two um, also very good childhood friends. I think David's got some – he's got to have some cursed pictures of Rob in there somewhere. Um, Dave is missing a couple pieces, man. And Dave is definitely not as good as he used to be. I want Robbie to get this win. And my heart and my gut are both telling me Rick Dalton over still in college here. I'm going to take Rob, even though I think Herbert will have a really good game. I'm going to take the Miles Gaskin led Rick Dalton here. And I think it's going to be like I say it often with those two teams that aren't that good. Which piece of poop smells better? I think this that's this matchup right here. And give me Rick Dalton for his second win, putting himself back in the wild card conversation. Give me Ricky. 
Mitch, what do you think? Unfortunately, again, I agree with you. I mean, David's team, he couldn't afford to lose much depth as it was, and he's got three players on a buy. I mean, fucking spare me. Literally. Sometimes that's how it looks, though. Sometimes you're just like, well, 16-man league, there's nobody on the waivers. And it's just like, you really got to dig, man. Yeah, David Brazil, he was a hero for you guys all season. He was no hero of mine. Coming from a villain, I mean, I just – I never saw it. I'm still not seeing it. David, when he came on the podcast, he said he wasn't feeling Kid Karch. How ironic. How ironic is that, David? <laughs> I ain't feeling you, dog. I ain't feeling it. Rick Dalton by a million. Um, I mean, most intriguing thing here is how does – I think you guys alluded to it. I had to leave for a sec. I had to grab a phone charger. But, David, how he's going to deal with the bye weeks here. Got a few uh, key uh, absences. Ethan, we know how much you like Aubrey, the kicker. Aubrey. Kind of a sleeper. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I With this – with, I think Bill Nye had a quote one time that with new information, you are allowed to change your opinion or your, your, your perception of how the world works. And damn it, after hearing that Rob is so passionate and wants to get some wins and wants to start rolling, and he has made a lot of moves, as you said, Ethan. He's I'll changing pick, the narrative. I'll pick Rick Dalton. Get it for me, Rob. Grind this one out. Maybe you get like a sleeper monster game out of one of these random dudes and Joku or Kadarius Tony or whatever. But, hey, I could see it happening even if that doesn't work out for you, just given who who David's dealing with on, on the bye. But Talk anyway. about a guy who desperately needs a win. Rob. Rob Gullett desperately needs a win right now. And this is the week to do it. If he wants to get back in into the – into the not 16th place, he's got to make something happen here. So I know he'll be on the edge of the seat watching Scott Hansen on, on Sunday, but. I mean, all go he's got to do is score 50 points. That's all he's got to do. Rob, you heard it here. All you got to do is score 50. I would love it if you were like ahead of Dave going into Monday night and then you like took out some of your guys. That'd be electric. But um, Trent, I'll, I'll let you move on. I feel like I'm making these conversations longer than they need to be. No, you're good. The people, hey, they can always skip through. You know, if they if they don't want to listen to stuff, we're not we're not forcing this down their throat. You know what? Yeah, never mind. Maybe I will talk more. Skip through it. Don't be lazy. How about that? We don't apologize for anything. This is our time, not theirs. We're on our right. Time. And Trent, you know what quote really sticks out to me that you you say like you haven't said it yet this podcast, but who are we if we are not objective? Yes, that, of course. That that rings in my mind like the Liberty Bell back in nineteen or seventeen seventy four or whenever. <laughs> Huge game for the Eagles incoming because Ethan just made a Liberty Bell reference. Um, all right, it, low key. This is another one, and I feel like I'm saying this about all of them, but that's just because we we play in a great league, and I'm 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 so proud to be in this league with all of you guys. We have Hyde Mister Moon taking on Filipinos, two teams that are three and three. For very, very different reasons. Jack can't really score points, but he picks up gritty wins when he can. Jack's like the 04 Pistons this league. And then Philly, on the other hand, it's just kind of an unlucky bounce here or there, that kind of thing. But he's got that Dolphins stack currently supposed to beat Jack by 20 as we stand right now on Wednesday night. Uh, who do you see in this one? Mitch, you got it. You go first. Who do I see between Jack and Zach? Yeah. Is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me flip a coin. I'm getting Zach on this one. I think Zach is <laughs> the largest point differential in the league. I mean, Jack starting Tyrod Taylor. 
That's all I got. Jack starting Tyrod Taylor. That's all I got to say. Sorry, Jack. Love you, buddy. I think it's officially time for Jack to start putting week 18 on his radar because we could see these these guys drop to 16 quickly. And he, I think personally, I think Fields was his one lifeline besides Kelsey, obviously. But even Kelsey's not playing as well as he has from year to year. Jack does not have a great roster. And I think my let me fact check myself. He has scored the least amount of points in the league. Everyone is sitting pretty in the 600, 700 club, and Jack is at 599. So Jack has scored the least amount, and he's still sitting at seventh. Maybe he finds a way to win, but like if we're talking about longevity. I'm not putting my money in the moon's corner here. And I think Philly absolutely blows them out. And um, that Miami Philly game, that's going to be a shootout, I think. So set it here first, Philly by 30 plus. So here's the trouble that I see here. I agree with Ethan. I think that Eagles defense can get got easily. And when you have Tua and Tyreek on Philly's side parlayed with Jack's Eagles defense, that's kind of like a double whammy, one-two punch. I will say, you said it, all he does is find ways to win. All his wins have been gritty, weird, sort of like weird scenarios. You can talk about the moon phases. I don't really know. Two I will of those say wins, this. Two of those wins were, were against teams that like he didn't even break 100. In, in two of those wins. Like, they were know, both wins with under 100 points. But at some point, that has to deal with the aura and the vibe and the, and, and the you know, the surrounding energy of Hyde Vister. I will start believing it. I will start believing in the aura if Philly scores less than 100 points this week. I will start believing in it. I will. But I okay, just don't so see I, it. I've got... I've got Philly in this, but I have another piece on Hyde, Mr. Moon, in in our next segment. So I wanna I wanna hang on to that. So we'll <laughs> we'll keep moving. All right. This is the you know what we'll do the we'll do your guys' matchup last. So we'll go Detroit Rock City versus Chips Fever. Uh, Chris looking to stack some wins, get a second win in a row. I've got Mahomes, who I still think is like just waiting to erupt. I mean. He's the fourth best quarterback in fantasy this year, but everyone knows he could easily be one if he just would start to get his shit together and not slide down at the end of the Jets game and actually run into the end zone. And then your boy over here is 6-0, and but neither here nor there. Um, interesting quarterback matchup between Josh Allen and uh, Pat Mahomes. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, Stephon Diggs, uh, Raheem Mostert, DeAndre Swift. The stars are coming out for them. But ultimately, I just I like Detroit Rock City here. I like the Lions. This is something that we're not talking about. The Lions are winning Detroit Rock City games. Like it's Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown in this defense that is sneaky, like a top twelve Montgomery fantasy too. defense. And yeah, Montgomery, who's now on IR or not on IR, but I think he's going to be out till the bye. But you know, whatever. I just like I like the Lions to keep it rolling. They're kind of the engine for this thing, and I like Detroit Rock City. Trent, but with that, you were preaching about that under that's coming soon. Might might that be a, a, a scary thought? Something keeping you up at night a little bit with the Lions players you have in right now? Obviously, it's not probably not so, hurting the Lions defense. So to answer that question, yes, it's the Lions defense, and then it's also the tight end and their number one receiver. So in a game where you got to move the chains a little bit, your running game is a little banged up, 
and it's a PP or a half PPR league, you know, St. St. Brown's having like 12 catch games. I mean, that's six points alone just based on his receptions. Then you throw in maybe a slant route touchdown or something. I don't yeah. know. I do think it's sneaky going under, but you're looking at your two top touchdown scorers on the season uh, in the receiving core on St. Brown at Laporta. So whatever. Detroit Rock City. Sorry for the long-winded answer. I will. No, you're good. I will. Trent, we don't apologize for things on here. You know what? You're right. I don't <laughs> apologize for anything. I will say I've spoken highly of this Chiefs Chargers game and how it's going to be high scoring. I think Keenan Allen's probably going to have like 40 points, but I, I just anybody that you have on that roster besides Jarek McKinnon, or I guess I am starting Jarek McKinnon this week. I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But anybody that is on the Chiefs or the Chargers, start them this week. That's going to be an absolute show out game lights out total crazy amount of scoring but i gotta speak on my boy nort here i feel bad because i talking about on paper mitch we were talking about this earlier on paper nort has a decent team you gotta admit josh allen is a great quarterback deandre swift has been balling and he's been quietly balling this year and stefan diggs is just able like josh allen talk about cooper cup getting the ball over the throw Freaking Stefan Diggs just gets open all the time. And I don't understand it, but he's open all the time. And, like, those guys are all capable of scoring 25 to 30. And then, like, paired with Dalvin Cook, which has just been a bad draw, Dalton Schultz, who's on the come up. Like, I think – and Justin Tucker, by the way, you know I'm a kicker guy, best kicker in the game. Uh, it's just a bad draw being – he's at 15th. And, like, I just think his, his roster – shows a little bit more than being one in five right now. So Chris, I feel you. I know you're probably frustrated. I'm being empathetic. And I also feel that frustration for you, my friend. But either way, Trent, you should win this. Listen, I'm not going to say, <clears throat> I have a crazy take to make real quick. Oh boy. So I've been, know. I've been listening. I'm not saying Trent's going to lose this matchup by any means. I do think he's going to win, but I've been watching some uh, film on YouTube of past NFL teams. And I re- recently watched a little documentary on the, uh, the Killer B Trio in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. And I'm like, who in this league has that Killer B Trio where it's just, just three guys? It's all they have. And, like, realistically, you look at Trent's team, it's like, okay, Patrick Mahomes, Mostert, and Keenan Allen. Like, maybe that's a Killer B Trio. But when I look at Chris's team and see Josh Allen, Swift, and Diggs, that's, like, all he has. I mean, that is a Killer B Trio because that's all Pittsburgh has, too. So, if Trent's the Niners and – Trevor's the Philly, then are the Philadelphia Eagles, and Trent's like the 2014 Pittsburgh Steelers. He just got those three guys, and you know maybe that was a good run. That was a good team that year, though. You know, it was a good it? team. They could have won it. They didn't, though. I don't know if Chris is going to win it, but I don't think he's going to come in last. And I think that's what I'm saying. The fact that we're the fact that we're attributing Chris to an analogy, the fact that we're like applying his team to a, like an existing team, shows that he's he's got some talent. And this 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 Michael Wilson guy, when Kyler gets back and somebody who's a, like a competent quarterback willing to throw the ball, I think Michael Wilson could have a have a good season to end it out. And like I I just hope the best for Chris. I just see a little bit there, and I don't think he throws away the season yet. Okay, Mitch came to play. Mitch has drawn some great analogies, some great uh, – Mitch is in the film room, literally just said, I've been watching some documentaries, been watching That's some awesome. film on the Killer Bees. So, Mitch, I commend you, my friend. My YouTube um, recommended is fucked. It's all football from past years. That's that's great. You'll love that. You take, nothing like taking a stroll down memory lane. It's like that meme about, like, dudes can just sit around and talk about 
Throw out random NFL random players. Names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it for hours. Avon Austin. Yeah. Oh, I, we, we don't got to do it, right? I could be a whole separate <laughs> podcast. Just, we could just go through. Um, but let's let's round this thing out with the matchup of the hour, the matchup of this week for sure, given the fact that we got these two on the podcast. Kid Karch, 3-3, three and three, taking on Lickety Split, 4-2, and two, and currently ranked as the fourth best team in this league per NFL fantasy football mobile statistics. I will let you guys drive on this, and I'll give my pick at the end, but sparks are going to fly here. Give it to us. You want to go first? Dude? I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Go first. I, first thing I want to speak on is I'm, I feel like we haven't gone at each other as much as I thought we were going to so far on this podcast. So maybe that'll come out a little bit more here, maybe not. But so far, I feel like things have been pretty uh, mediated and moderate between us. But I will say I'm worried a little bit. And Trent, who are we if we're not objective? My team is in shambles right now. My team is in absolute shambles. And Mitchell's team isn't looking a lot like it isn't looking in a much better situation with the bye weeks that he's got. But like you'll see a matchup like Lickety Split and Kid Karch on the calendar and you freaking circle that game preseason and you're like, put this in the night slot. This is prime time, shit talk, jawing, all of it's going to go down. And then you just get bad luck with the buys and the injuries. And then you look at this matchup and it's like, this isn't going to be as fun as we hoped it would be. Like I just see four guys that are really good between the two of them. And like, I don't know, Mitchell, like Mitchell's team definitely scares me a little bit. I think Gibbs being in there and if he plays and Montgomery doesn't play, that definitely worries me slightly. I think I'm, possibly lucking out with Shahid and Kamara. Mitchell, I'm talking to you on this one. I think I'm lucking out slightly with Kamara and Shahid playing on Thursday because those Thursday games are absolute duds usually. I'm not trying to get in your head because I'm sure I'm not. But um, I like I see that as being something that's going to help me out long term. But obviously, I know my situation. I know I got freaking Najee Harris as my RB1. And I'm starting Elijah Moore on the Cleveland Browns and like, and Zach Ertz is my flex. So I see the situation. I think Mitchell, this is, this is my take for this matchup. The person that wins this matchup is going to have one player that scores 30, whoever wins. And it's just going to be one guy. It's going to be whichever guy blows up. That's who's going to win this matchup. Cause everyone else is going to score like below 10. I think. I'm praying it's Gibbs. Yeah. It could be. I know, dude. I haven't gone at you as much as I would have liked to on this pod. You've been uh, relatively level-headed. I will say I got kid cards <laughs> by a million. I got kid cards by a million this week. Not even close. And you know what I think it comes down to, Ethan? I think it comes down to depth. And I think when you're go- making a run in the playoffs, I think it's going to come down to depth. I mean, I'm missing my top two wide receivers because of buys. You got to buy and Tony Pollard and Kyron Williams is hurt or whatever. Listen, I, I don't know. I just You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You got depth on there. And you got guys that haven't necessarily shown out yet. I, like Christian Watson projected very highly before the season started. I know. Um, and they're playing Denver too, which is a good look for you. But it's I also got Hurts against Miami. I'm very high on that game. I just, man, this is going to be tough. I know. I, I can see myself, like, as much as I come on here and I talk my shit and say that I'm going to win by 50, this is the first week where I'm just like, my team is just absolutely scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. I've made like eight waiver moves this week and they have all involved getting wide receivers that are projected like four points. 
And I'm just like, well, maybe I'll something will happen between now and, and the game where like I have to put this guy in, but it's just it's not looking great. Mitchell, but if you beat me, I will I will I'll bow and I will nod and I will say good game, sir. But if I beat you, I'm coming for that ass, Mitch. I'm if you beat me, ass. I'll have nothing to say. I'm gonna be I'll tell you right now, I'm gonna be fuming if you beat me. It's gonna be a mess. <laughs> I might leave. Oh, leave. This I will is... say I've been just one more quid bit about my team. And I just want to hear Trent's thought on this more so than anything else. Because I've had so many people reach out to me for trades for Jameer Gibb. And I honestly feel so handcuffed to this guy. Because I don't want to start him. Because he doesn't put points enough when Monty's in. I can't trade him away because his value isn't as good as what I think he can be. And when he does play, he'll get like eight yards of carry. And Dan Campbell will just sit him the rest of the game. So with Monty out, like I hate the roof for Lions injury. And I certainly didn't with Monty. But I am excited to see if Gibbs can finally do something this week. Because if he doesn't, like, I just don't know what I'm going to do with him the rest of the year. I'm going to be so painfully frustrated. Because I, I think I, he was my second overall pick. And he has played not like my second overall yeah. pick. I think my third was Damian Pierce. So I really struck out in that draft. But uh, but we came back. We got some good players. And uh, Ethan, I'm sorry, but I, I think I got you this week. But if you win, if you win, you got a lot of room to talk. We'll this see. this we'll has see. to be has to be the most intriguing matchup of the week, and I'm not just saying that because of <clears throat> you guys are both on here. There but are also that is a reason. There are though no, it is a reason. It is not the reason, but it is a reason. I'll tell you the reason why this is the most intriguing matchup of this week. Y'all have players at every key players going at every single window from Thursday night all the way till Monday night. You look at Thursday night football; it's Alvin Kamara. Then on Sunday at, you know, the 1 o'clock slate, that's where most of these guys are. Sunday in primetime, Jordan Love playing a shitty Denver Broncos defense, the worst defense in the league. Uh, conversely, you got Jalen Hurts on Sunday night football. Ethan, we're on the record, both of us thinking this is going to be a shootout. So this could have like 40 ball written all over it for Jalen Hurts. But I'll tell you the most intriguing thing, and this is going to sound like I'm trolling the Vikings. I am not. The 49ers defense gets to tee off on Kirk Cousins in primetime, Monday night football, uh, for Mitch. And I just – I think that's a Dallas Cowboys-esque stat line right there. I think I think you're looking at four or five sacks, couple picks, couple forced fumbles. And I think this is a situation where we're going into Monday night football. We're going to have to sweat it out a little bit. Ethan does have Jake Moody for uh, the Niners going – but I think I think that defense is going to be the difference, and I think Karch gets Ethan right at the finish line with that Minnesota Kirk Cousins in primetime icky little narrative coming in, and the Niners just tee off, and it's a field day. Plus, the Niners got to get right after that loss to the Browns. Horrible yeah, loss. Mitchell, do you think this is going to be close, or do you think you're you're honestly going to win by a lot? I don't know, dude. My head's a little full right now. I do feel for you, and I do wish that we could have played each other at full strength because I would have yeah. liked to just beat you straight up. But it might be close. I don't know. I mean, my team has been playing kind of – I mean, I got two of my best guys out. It could be close. I have no idea. And I like, Some, hey, I have no Jordan idea. Love, Jordan Love going two mile high. And mile high is tough to play in sometimes. It's getting colder in Denver. The air is getting a little thinner. I'm not as high in Jordan Love to watch. Was. Yeah, something to watch. I Look, think you should start Dobbs, I would, man. Start Dobbs. I would love, I would love nothing more than to watch Jordan Love shit the bet against the worst defense in the league in mile high. So it could happen. Sean Payton needs to get his head out of his 
actual ass and play some defense because he is the most overrated coach in the NFL right now. He's got pieces in front of him, but somehow Denver sucks, and I need to to know why. And he he's just a douche, total. Well, but you, also, uh, you can't blame yeah. it on Russ this year because Russ wasn't great last week. But other than that, he's been okay this year. Can't blame it on Russ. I I do think though that like you were saying, Trent. I think the 49ers have a big game against Minnesota, but I also see the Bills having a big game against Mac Jones. Uh, and oh, the yeah. Patriots, who also <laughs> suck. Um, I could see, like, our defenses both being our highest scorers, Mitchell, if you want my honest opinion. Like, that would be kind of funny if that happened. Um, that, that's, like, that, could, that could easily happen, now that, you, yeah. now that you think about it, because, I don't know, man, I just think this Kirk Cousins in primetime narrative parlayed no, with the No 40- Jay Jet. The, and no, no Justin Jefferson plus the 49ers coming off a ridiculous, embarrassing loss. They got to get right. Kyle Shanahan, they'll be right. So, th- again, for all those reasons and more, Ethan versus Mitch has to be the game of the week. But that's all we've got for game seven Amen. preview. Do we want to do a quick throne room and doghouse eat? Of course. Of course, this this is the segment. This is the one segment that they asked for last week, man. No, of we got to give what the people want. The people want it. We provide. I was just trying to spice it up in the way that I throw the questions around because I feel like I say the same thing every fucking time. Hey, what do you see here? What do you see there? What's it? No, so I just you know, do we no, want to do it? Of course, of course we want to do it. But e, of you can start. Want to do it? Give us, give us your I'll, first. You'll be start. Do we start with the throne room or the doghouse? Like, do we always start with the throne room? Yes. Uh, Trent, you are sitting in the throne room at the number one position, my friend. You have the seat at the table, if you may. You are at the head of the table, in my own opinion. Okay. No I'm argument flattered. There. I'm flattered. I really am. Um, I am going to throw – this is going to be an interesting throne room doghouse week for your boy. I'm going to throw Gavin in there. I think Gavin deserves Ooh. all things considered, all things considered, despite being three and three, it's impressive what he's been able to do. Turn this thing around in quick order, beat the flying Dutchman in, in somewhat convincing fashion. And with all things considered, of course, I know it was a quick close game. I'm just saying the guys that he needed to come through came through and that's all. Look Who's at Gian turning it around over good there. Pick. Turn it around. That is a good pick because that kind of shows it's not all about the rankings; it's about teams that we're afraid of. Yeah, if you want, um, if you want the standings, just go click on the app and click league and click standings. You know, we got to keep things interesting. Yeah, like a bunch of sheep. Um, <laughs> I got <laughs> that was not a shot. I got Nate also in the throne room. I think Nate is putting together a good program over there. I think he's got guys from week to week that can put up 20, and it could be anybody at any week. So I got Nate also in the throne room. This last pick is going to absolutely rock this world because it is not a flashy pick. In fact, it is anything but a flashy pick. It's the ugliest pick ever, and if you want to take my throne room doghouse vote away for this, I understand. But, Ethan... Who was the last Detroit Pistons team to win a championship? What year was it? Oh, four, was it not? Uh, absolutely. And what was okay, that? Okay. What was that team's calling card? What was the what? What did they hang their hat on? Okay, I, I honestly don't know, but can I guess? Was it the microwave? 
No, just I'm just defense low. It's real. It sounds like I'm oh, asking. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just going for. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll cut to the chase. Tough defense. Tough defense. The the this team just grinds out wins despite scoring a lot of points. I think Jack deserves some credit. I'm gonna throw him a ball. Oh, the actual frick. There is no way to explain how he's winning these games. Zero. No way. So I'll I'll, I'll give him some credit. Is- Something's working over there. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. And I'm storming I, that throne room. That's insane. Storming the throne room. Weak defenses over there. Oh, my gosh. Sorry to everybody that was really curious for a second and then just got total blasphemed <laughs> by Trent's pick. That's outrageous. And hey, the, I will say that this. We, we are also- really letting this guy off the hook by putting him in the throne room because Trent, he's the lowest scoring team in the, in the whole league. And he's how three gonna, and three, I, and he's. How he's, are you going to look at Nort and Rob of the league and say that you're in the throne room, but this guy who scores less than you is? How are you going to? How are you going to tell the people that? Because Jack gets the wins. Jack's three and three. He's as alive as anybody in this league right now, and those other guys are not. And how I have to pay you, bro. How you got to give credit. Where Jack didn't pay me shit. Are you kidding me? If dudes, <laughs> I will, this is a good time to throw this out there. If you would like to bribe me and throw me a 20 to put you in the throne room, I might consider it, but whatever. Hey, oh, what? hey, my lines are also open. <laughs> hey, can I throw in an analogy real quick? One more. Yes. Sir, Jack is officially the King Joffrey of the throne room. Nobody <laughs> wants him there. He doesn't deserve to be there, and he's a tyrant. He does not deserve to be there. I'm sorry. Full transparency. This is the last thing I'll add to bring us back down to earth. I did pick him to lose this upcoming week. So I'm not, I'm not running. I'm not like, this is not a flying colors pick from me. I'm just keeping things interesting because damn it. Despite not being able to score points ever, he somehow has found a way to win three, three games this week. And now we start in Tyrod Taylor. And if he wins again with Tyrod Taylor, the, the, how can you not have him in there? If he's, Again, if, he's, if it happens against Philly, I will believe it. I will believe okay. it. But, All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the doghouse. E, who are you throwing your first bone to? Who is it? Sitting on the porcelain throne of the doghouse, Mr. Brazil. Unfortunately, Ooh. this, this <laughs> team is nothing without Justin Jefferson, and it is very evident and I think Breeze deserves a spot or still in college. My fault. Stuck in the stuck in the old times here. Still in college is still in the doghouse in my book. Okay, that's fair. In that same vein, I will stick with a team that has struggled a little bit in recent weeks. A team that has talked a lot of shit and always talks a lot of shit. But is a champion in this league for a good reason, so it's no disrespect. But Clarky, you got it. You got to look. Both these guys picked you get back in the win column this week. I did not. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. You've got you've got bulletin board material from your boy Trent over here because I picked you to lose despite Devin missing a ton of his studs on a, in this upcoming matchup, and I'm putting you in the doghouse. So put my face on a dartboard and just you know take care of business. E, who else you got? Clarky, Clark, go on, sorry, Mitch. We're just talking about the analogies, man. But Clarky is very much like Colorado in that freaking Stanford game this past weekend. So when when Colorado was up twenty nine zero, did you see Shadur Sanders posted on his Instagram? He like plugged his merch site or something at halftime of the game. Did he really? That's that's yeah, he did. 
And then they lost in double OT to Stanford, but neither here nor there. That, that was Clarky on that. That was Clarky on Thursday night. That was Clarky on that one Thursday night. Going to go down was one of the most horrendous moments in in this year's history for sure. But I love the Clarky pick in the doghouse. Um, I'm also going to throw Kyle in the doghouse this week. I don't know if he was on two weeks ago, but. Kyle, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm just – I'm not threatened by your team. I'm threatened by Adam Thielen, and that's about it. Devontae Adams ain't doing much because Jimmy G and, you know, Brian Hoyer, whoever they got in, for some reason don't like throwing it to guys that are Hall of Fame first ballots, and they only throw it to Jacoby Myers. So I'm speaking because Devontae Adams lost me a, a bet a couple weeks ago. But – um. Yeah, Kyle's in there. I'm not too impressed by his team, and he definitely is getting my vote, which leads us to the fourth pick. And might I throw in there, Chris or Rob is making it out clean this week. So something to look at. And maybe they both are, because I'll tell you oh, right now, you people think that I'm just an idiot, and I just walk through mindlessly and don't read between the lines here. And I swear on my life that this was my plan before even beginning this segment. We are sometimes allowed to have a little fun with these things and cheat. And I'm going to put Hide Mr. Moon in the doghouse along with the throne room because of all the reasons Whoa. that y'all wanted me to keep out of it. You never know what you're getting from this guy. He scored sub-90 again. And yes, on one side, I know I just shit on everyone for wanting to talk out of both sides of their mouth, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm allowed to do that because this is a free country and you can do whatever you want. Jackson, both rooms. How do you how do you like that? Are we allowed to do this that? Is, this is such a publicity stunt, man. This is such a publicity stunt. Yeah, our we're ratings giving, have been slipping, so I, I'm 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 going. <laughs> we're giving we're giving down. Moon way too much airtime for being literally a bottom three team in this league. This guy <laughs> has done nothing to deserve this airtime besides talk a lot and jaw a lot. And here I'm probably going to get, you know, the next call at me. Well, so let me, let me throw call, this right listen, I call it how it is. Trent. I literally, I look at it and I call it how it is, you know? Well, so I, and, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess that if you had another pick, you would probably put Jack in there. If I didn't, you would, you would, you've beat the drum for he Rob was. and Nort. He, he was in my doghouse, but the fact that you put him in the throne room and I, yeah, I mean, I agree with the doghouse pick. Yeah. But I, okay. I, you know, I don't agree with the throne room. But I just you know, think like if, you said, he finds ways to win. But until he does it in a big game where he's not playing me, week one or Nort. Yeah, no, that's fair. Show me, show me. That's fair. Again, you you can you can have it both ways. If we just want to start, I, I also want to start spicing this up a little bit. We didn't have a podcast last week, so we have eight names that kind of got shafted from, you know, both things going on or whatever. But right. Let's keep it interesting. Who knows? Keep it interesting. If Jack wins with Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, he all of a sudden is maybe the scariest threat in this league because he's proven that it doesn't matter who the fuck is lining up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's some weird mental gymnastics. But He's, he's got to start that uh, Badgett guy, the t- Tanner Badgett or Travis, whatever his name is, the Bears backup. Oh yeah, that yeah. Oh, Wait, Trent. When you said let's keep it interesting, was that was that a um a shout out to Coach Lepchek, Coach L? Uh, didn't he always no, used to say? No. It? Did he, you guys, you guys want to make it interesting? Middle school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys want to make it interesting, dude? I just and remember I, that guy. 
was just like it was wait maybe i'm thinking of my elementary gym teacher but total like made the females worth like way more points or was that coach Lepchek too oh dude mrs doyle did that and when it it, whatever like, it was if the... a girl scores it's worth like 90 and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> and then whoever had Matteo would just win everything oh, yeah, no, my dude, some of the girls in our grade could catch like a mother, dude. Like, <laughs> they had hands. Yeah. That powder puff game was one for the centuries. You but were you were the coach of that team, weren't you? Were you coaching oh, that defensive team? defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator, first ballot, Hall of Famer. You know, it is what it is. We locked Who was up the head coach? I, I thought we were just all coaches. I didn't really know. Oh, Maybe I it was, was a, I don't know. Chopper, Matt, Kelly. I don't know. <laughs> I just was like, give me the, give me the defense. How about to those guys? Yeah. Okay. Well, folks, that's about all we got. That's all, folks. Um, interesting week again. Sorry for the hot takes, but we want to keep things spicy because otherwise, the ratings are going to plummet. And this is a business at the end of the day. This is a Karch, solid episode, though. Thanks for coming on and giving us all your analogies. They were they, they were fantastic. If I do say so myself, you sounded great. Thanks a lot for your time. We of course. It. Thanks for having me on, boys. It's a blast. Mitchell, do you have anything to say to the people in regards to this upcoming week, in regards to the rest of the season? We want to give you the pulpit here to say mm-hmm. whatever you want, however you want. Go on a tandem. Take 10 more minutes if you'd like. But the floor is yours, and you have everybody's undivided attention, sir. Okay. Yeah, let me make it quick. You guys were bringing up a lot of quotes earlier. I just want to, I just want to bring up a quote that applies to my team. It's um, from Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> The quote is, I don't know what weapons will be used to fight World War III, but I know World War IV will be fought with club and stone. It's referring to nuclear explosions. That's exactly what's going to happen with Kid Carcharos this fucking year. You can bank on it. I'm going to tear through this league, and y'all are going to be fighting with club and stone, and it's going to be me alone in the throne room at the end of the year. Bookmark it, count it, timestamp it, live it. It's going to happen. Well, hey. The throne room has ventured into some scary territory right now, thanks to yours truly. So we'll see. There might be more than club and stone. It might just be hand-to-hand combat going on up there. We'll see. <laughs> Win the game at the line of scrimmage. Yes, sir. Win the game in the trenches. All right, E, any, any famous last words from you, my brother? Look, man, another episode. We're back. It feels good to be back, Trent. I'll say that. It feels good to be back. Uh, love an episode with Mitch. I just feel like Mitch has a way of speaking. Mitch is a great speaker. Mitch, I'm talking to you. You're a great speaker, and I feel like – uh, I, I would be interested if you had your own podcast uh, to listen to that, but I feel like you got a way in a way of articulating your words. So props Thank to you, my you. friend. This was a very, very good episode um, overall. I feel like we we got more in depth and analyzed the matchups a lot more this week than we have, and I think that's what you're going to get the most of out of this week. But look, man, I usually got something special to say at the end of every, every episode. Just just remember, any given Sunday. And I'm speaking to the Kyles. I'm speaking to the Norts. I'm speaking to the Robs. Any given Sunday, you can line up and beat these guys. Any given Sunday, man. So show up this Sunday, seven hours, commercial-free football. Shout out Scott Hansen. Please sponsor us, Red Zone. And uh, let's have a week, folks. Let's have a week. Yeah, Ethan, when you say any given Sunday, I always want to say keep chopping, although you can't say that anymore because Mel Tucker is an idiot. So, yeah, can't go there. (laughs) So I didn't go there, technically. But that's all we got for the week six and a half or whatever we wanted to call it. Fellas, good luck in week seven. May the best man win, and we'll talk to you next time.